This is the Dab Podcast. Rome Solo Special. checking in for the remix. You know that at 75 Street, Brazil. What is here is going to be called Cayocho. It's wrong time. Hello, hello, and welcome in to the Dab Podcast, Friday Dab interview special with your host, Andrew Romanello, Rome Solo here, and I am excited, special guest with me today. I'm sitting at the Power Arm Baseball and Softball Facility here in Ramsey, New Jersey with a special guest, Josh Steinhardt, 16-year-old, suffering high schooler who has a real special story to talk to me about today. Josh, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for having me. We are doing this interview today in conjunction with the Rockland Boulders, the professional baseball team in the Can-Am League, as well as Power Arm Performance in Ramsey, New Jersey, and, of course, yours truly, the Dab Podcast. You can catch us on Twitter and on Instagram, at Dab Podcast on both of them. Get to the website, dabpodcast.com, and you know you can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, just remember, rate and review the cast. All right, Josh, tell the people of the Dab Podcast, who is Josh Steinhardt? Hi, so I'm a 16-year-old, who, a junior in Suffolk High School, who plays the game of baseball and is a member of the varsity swim team. I'm also a junior volunteer member at the Tallman Firehouse. All right, and... A lot to unpack there. Swimming, first off, because I knew the baseball side of things. I knew the firehouse side of things. Swimming. Yeah. Do you love it? How, how, do you, how does one come about become, becoming a swimmer? Well, like, I first wanted to do it, like, to stay in shape. And, like, my dad was a swimmer. He was about to go to school for swimming until, like, he got injured. And then I was like, I'll give it a try again since I did it younger. But then I had to quit because of baseball. So I said, I'll, I'll give it a try again. All right, and to give everybody just a little bit of a background on Josh's story, and correct me if I'm wrong here on any of the information, uh-huh. Josh is battling Burkitt's lymphoma, which he was diagnosed with in January. It's a rare form of cancer that nearly only 1,000 people in the world deal with. So, Josh, if you could give us a little bit of backstory on that, um, what that diagnosis was like, and how you can still stay so positive and want to swim and want to be around the game of baseball. Well, like, yeah, as you said, it affects like 1,000 people per- like in the world ride a year and like and like really my case was like awkward because it only affects people who have had like Epstein and Barr like people who were from Africa then like girls or people who are HIV and or AIDS positive so like for me it was just awkward because I don't fit in any of those like scenarios sure and that's not a category so what started to happen for you to realize man I just don't feel like well, myself like, it was the day of my last swim meet of the year and like I wasn't swimming because I had surgery down in November so I was just like there watching and then like I had a, every Monday I'd go to the firehouse for like a meeting or a drill so then mon- that Monday my mom was like hey Josh why don't you just not go home I mean why don't you just go home and not go to the firehouse because you're not feeling well so like normally I would fight it but I knew something was wrong so I said okay so I got home I didn't even eat dinner I just fell asleep on the couch watching tv so then my mom woke me up and said if you still feel like this in the morning why don't you just not go to school and I said I have to go to school for my one period class because it's like a grade on my whole quarter so she was like okay woke up that morning still did not feel well then my mom was like, you know what, why don't you stay home? I was like, no, 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 I'll try and make it throughout the whole day. I didn't even make it to school yet, and I called her saying I need to get picked up. So I got picked up right after first period, 
and then she took me right home. So then I was just like relaxing, laying down. Then I went to go get something to eat at my mom's office. And then I got home, and I was in so much pain. Where, where did you feel the most pain? I felt it, like, in my stomach area. Okay. Lower stomach. And that was just something you had never experienced yeah. before? Yeah. Like, I thought it was a bad stomach pain. Not that. Like, I was thinking um, my appendix or my gallbladder. Sure. And it just turned out that it was just something different. So yeah. you obviously, you then once you feel that pain, you, mom, and dad, you probably have to go either to the hospital or to the doctor. Well, first what we did is we went to Good Sam. Okay. And, like, that was a... That was a long process because, like, we had to get, like, different tests, x-ray. That didn't show anything. Then um, a, cat, a CAT scan. Then they, like, died. The doctor actually diagnosed me with a different type of cancer than what I actually had. What was the original diagnosis? Um, the original diagnosis was peritoneal carcinoma, okay. which is cancer in the stomach. And the reason why is because they don't see Burkitt's lymphoma. Like, Good Sam isn't a pediatric hospital, so they don't see Burkitt's lymphoma sure. in, like... Or, like, they don't even know what it is. So, in an adult, that's what I would have had. Right. But since I'm a kid, I would have had Burkitt's. So, now, once you find out you have Burkitt's, yeah. and I know there's probably a lot of emotions that uh-huh. went through, I'm sure the first one was, why me? Or, how is this happening uh-huh. right now? How did you start dealing well, with like, that? Well, like, to be honest, like, I got to the hospital Tuesday night. They, like, they, they, I was in the ER for probably five hours. Okay. Just, like, so, wow. yeah. So, then they were, they were, like doing more tests on me, then they put me in the room. Then 6 o'clock in the morning, the head oncologist, who is now my primary oncologist, comes in and says, don't listen to those results. We'll do our own test and see what happens because I'm a pediatric. So that happens, and by this time, I was already drugged out of my mind. Sure. Wow. That's crazy. And that was such a long period yeah. of time. So then, then um, that day, I had the, that Wednesday, I had biopsy and bone marrow lumbar puncture just to see what I had. And also, in my stomach where I had the pain, there was two liters of fluid. Wow. So then I just had to, like, see what... And they wanted to know what it was. So that by that night, after that surgery, the doctor came and said, it's probably Burkitt's lymphoma. But I didn't know yet because I was still, like... They, they, they gave me, like, drugs so I can, like, not feel the pain. Right, absolutely. Then all the days in the PICU, I was, like, so hallucinated. Hallucinative. You probably don't even remember those. No, days. I don't. So how does a 16-year-old kid deal with something like this? Well, to be honest, like I was saying, in the PICU, like, I just didn't know what was happening until, like, my second to last day in the PICU. And then I was, I got moved up to the normal floor with, like, actual, like, uh, other oncology patients. Probably felt a little bit more normal, felt yeah. a little bit better for I mean, you. like, I was still in the hospital for, like, 30 days. Wow. So now we're about five months since this uh-huh. moment. How are you doing? I'm doing better. Yeah. I'm actually doing great. How are you doing uh, treatment-wise? What, what's necessary for you now? Well, like right now, I'm in complete remission. That's I, fantastic. I have finished all my rounds of chemo. Then Monday is actually hopefully my last procedure. I, I just have to get my port removed. And now what's next is that every for the first year, every three months, I have another PET scan. Then for that, it's yearly for five years. And then I have a... And then I just go to the clinic, like once a month or like once every two months just to like make sure my blood work's all good and again we're talking with josh steinhardt 16 year old suffering high school baseball player swimmer community guy volunteer firefighter at tallman firehouse and 
a young man who is in remission from Burkitt's lymphoma, which I think is one of the most fantastic things. So now let's talk a little bit positively, okay? So throughout this time, throughout your battle, you definitely had some positive people in your yeah. life that helped you get to this um, point where now you feel like I battled this, I got through it, now I'm ready to keep moving yeah. on. Can you talk about some of those people in your life? Well, yeah, well, for example, my firehouse, they were... When I, the first week I got home, the day after, they brought me over bagels and food so we didn't have to go out. And then they actually had another fundraiser for me, a wing night. Then the, our neighboring firehouse suffering, they had a night out for me, which I wasn't able to attend because I was still in the hospital getting my last round of chemo. And the people at Power On Performance held a fundraiser for me. My first like week home after they found out, Absolutely, and I know that the Rockland Boulders, who is an organization I work for, and you have season tickets uh-huh. for, um, was a part of that. So talk about Power on Performance, because we're sitting in the facility. That's why we're doing this thing. Um, and we'll have a chance to talk to uh, one of the CEOs and founders, Matt Murata, in a little bit. Um, somebody that's near and dear to you, yeah. I know. Um, how important is having that support system? Because I know you're a sports dude. So having the, the sports atmosphere probably helped mm-hmm. uh, yeah. a ton. Well, like now, like mostly, like probably like... Every day, or like I miss like one or two days, I come here, hit field, work out, just to like get back in shape. And like my body's feeling better than ever now. I'm weighing more than I ever did. And how long do you think it's taken for you to get back to the point where you just said, I feel like it's getting normal? I can swing, I can hit. Oh, it's been a while. Like, yeah, for, yeah like a couple of weeks ago, like my first week actually home, I couldn't even hit because like my, I, I was just like, because my last round of chemo, I had like 24 hours a day for five days of chemo. So like I wasn't really able to do anything. So I was so out of breath. But like now, like I'm doing a lot of I'm doing a lot more. What's the future of Josh Steinhardt? What does he want to do? Well, like when I get older, I, I want to be a teacher. All right. What do you specific subject? No, like, like just you want no, teach. Yeah, just elementary school. That's fantastic. And like also in the hospital, I was thinking about becoming like a doctor because right. like I've just been around it for like now, so like I know a lot about and it. It's probably interesting yeah. to you, and I'm sure you have a big appreciation for uh-huh. what they do. Yeah. Let me ask you this: Where'd the firefighting come into play? Well, Is like, it something you loved? My dad was a firefighter, and I've been around the firehouse my whole life. Okay. So then it was just something I wanted to pick up. That's fantastic. I know that it's something that I think when I was growing up and I was a lot younger, it was something that I loved. And for you to go out and be a volunteer firefighter, I think that's super cool. Last question before we bring in Mr. Matt Murata. Now that you have what probably feels like a new lease on life, maybe that's a, the wrong way to put it, but now that you feel like you're getting healthy, is there anything you, you want to do now that you never thought about doing before? Well, like, yeah, like I said, like, being a doctor, like, I never had thoughts about, like, be doing that. Like, I just thought about, like, how much school there was. But, like, now, like, just, like, being around them and stuff like that, it, like, gives me a much bigger appreciation for, like, what they do. That's awesome. And I have a godfather that's a doctor, so I can completely uh-huh. understand that. And hopefully listening to this podcast, and I'm sure he'll probably call me with some questions. All right, Josh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh-huh. And then we are going to bring founder and CEO of Power On Performance, Mr. Matt Murata, onto the cast so we can discuss a little bit more with you guys together. Sound good? Yeah. All right. All right, all right. And welcome back. Joining us at the table... Matt Murata, CEO and founder of Power on Performance, joining me with Mr. Josh Steinhardt. Matt, thanks for coming on. Anytime. Uh, appreciate you guys coming down, and you know, obviously Josh is right here, here in my heart, so yeah, well, we're super appreciative that you let us put this space at the facility. Make sure you check it out on Twitter and Instagram. We have some video feed coming here your way, too, so you can actually see what we look like while we're on the camera. Uh, Matt, 
before, I want to start with you here, because I want to get both of your, uh, a little bit of conversation piece that you said. Um, just talk to me about what Josh means to you, man. How, how great is it that you're sitting here doing this interview with him, talking so positively about the situation? Um, well, I met Josh about three years ago. Um, one of my buddies was coaching his team, and, you know, he couldn't finish the summer. So I jumped in and started coaching the team, and, you know, Started really coaching Josh and really got a chance to know what type of a person he is. Um, I'm sure you know, you know, volunteer firefighting. And, you know, he's very heavily involved in the community. Um, you know, so after that happened, I mean, you know, as a coach, you have those kids that are just special. You know, and he's always been one of those kids. So, you know, when this happened to him, you know, it was tough. And I think the biggest thing, you know, not only us here at Cowan, but everyone in the community really came, um, you know, forward to help him. Josh had mentioned earlier in the interview that how Arm had set some of the other boulders and helped him out. I remember with Josh being received a picture with the Rock and Boulders, it was just something that they worked so hard in the front office because they loved him and his family so much that they just wanted to come here and help you guys out. Uh, we couldn't do it without the Rock and Boulders. Um, you know, they were awesome with this. You know, they called me right away. Obviously, contacted you. Um, you know, they wanted to help. Uh, the Savianos were a huge help. Um, everyone that suffered, you know, that came together was awesome to, you know, tell Josh out. And Josh, I want you to talk on that now because I think Matt makes a good point about the community of suffering. Can you just give us kind of an idea of what it was like for you to have that community support and how important that was for you? It was important and it was great to, like, my family and me because, like, then, like, it took, like, a lot of the pressure off of us so, like, we could, like, focus on me, like, in the hospital and, like, the... Uh, and like just me being sick and like so like just the fundraising, fundraisers like took some of the pressure off like the medical bills and like just on, on the family. And the same aspect taking pressure off, how important was that as a guy like Maddie in the corner that wasn't a family member but somebody that treated you like that? It was important because like Matt like knew like crucially the day after from my mom's texting and like in the picture like I was like I was like out of it, so my mom would like text him, like Matt would like check up on me, like Kelly. So it was just important. And then like when I was finally able to, Matt and me stayed like in contact like every day, just to, like see how I'm feeling. And so what was your goal, Matt, when you were trying to talk to him? Because I'm sure it's a loss of words when you're talking to a teenage kid who's dealing with what Josh had to deal with, and you probably say to yourself, sometimes I don't know exactly what to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'd be hard enough for anyone, you know, let alone the team. So I just wanted to make sure that, you know, he was in the right place because, you know, he's always been so positive. He's always been that guy. He's always been out the facility. So, you know, when it happened, um, you know, we just kind of formed a different relationship. We can kind of, uh, you know, talk about different things. Like, I know we, we shared the same Netflix shows. I got him into a few good ones. Josh would come here in the afternoon or the morning. You know, we call Power Arm Daycare. Um, we hang out for a little bit and just, you know, take our minds off it. You know, we talk about whatever. And, you know, Josh would work out. Uh, except for that one leg day, he kind of gave it up. But, uh, no, I mean, it, it, it's more or less just, you know, making sure that he's okay. Uh, you know, because it's, it's hard for anyone to go and I want you both to touch on this because I found it so cool about your relationship. So many people put a barrier on the age of individuals and calling somebody a friend or having to call them a coach or a boss. A lot of times you have to manage your coach, I'm sure you have this entire experience. Whether he's 28 years old, happy birthday. 29 now? 30. 30? <laughs> it's 30. Whether he's turning 30 while we're doing this podcast. 
up to. Like my, I'm pretty sure like my like second year, but they like gave me his phone number so I can like text him whenever I wanted to come here. So like then was like where we started developing our relationship. So like then was when like I really felt like I still saw him as my coach. But, like I saw him as also my friend. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
listen to your podcast. All that we ask is that you rate and review. And I will be back on Tuesday with my partner, Anthony and Aldi. And until then, I will talk to you later.